And we continue the theme of great baseball conversations. You know, in recent months, even Daryl Strawberry, Matt Holiday, Tony Larusa, and this episode, no exception, simply known as the Cobra. Dave Parker had to be one of the most intimidating hitters for a boy more than a decade. I mean, he played for the Pirates from '73 to '83, but then with the Cincinnati Reds, won a couple of World Series, did it ten years apart. First with the Pirates, we are family. Remember that. Omar Moreno, Willie Stargell, what a great team they had. Then 10 years later, Dave Parker did it with the Oakland A's, in addition to that team with the Bash Brothers. And Dave Parker's new book that he has out is called Cobra, A Baseball Life and Brotherhood. A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. And uh, the baseball resume itself, seven-time All-Star. Mentioned the two World Series titles, but also... uh, 1,400-ish RBIs, over 300 home runs, had a cannon for an arm at right field. Fascinating career, followed after Roberto Clemente's death, took over in right field for the Pirates. And uh, borderline Hall of Famer, doesn't ever get talked about. So we asked Dave about that. Never one to hold back his opinion, says, yeah, it does bother him. And facing the Cardinals, well, he simply says, not only was I a Cardinal killer, but Whitey didn't like me at all. And then tells a great story about later in his career, Ending up with Whitey again. Dave Parker, our guest. The Kilquen Conversation. You can find these interviews on iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you register, subscribe. That way they're delivered directly to you. Also posted on Scoops with DannyMac.com. Dave Parker also with the St. Louis Connection when it comes to Mark McGuire. Parker was the hitting coach in the summer of 1998. The year McGuire hit 70. The pursuit of 62. The battle with Sammy Sosa. We get Parker's take on that summer. Working with McGuire, somebody that he was a teammate with in Oakland. So Dave Parker, a lot of great baseball stories to share with you. The Kilcoin Conversation presented by Triad Bank, St. Louis-based bank. They are a five-star rated bank and based right here, which means if you're a business owner looking to expand, looking to get a loan, make sure you're with the St. Louis-based bank, Triad Bank. They're located in Frontenac. It's on Clayton Road. About a block west of Lindbergh. Also find them on the web at triadbanking.com. Appliance discounters, you can find them all around the greater St. Louis area, also online. And they want to tell you about their great GE products. Appliance discounters, also aware of all the cannots the other appliance guys are constantly telling you when you're in need of an appliance. Let's face it, you need it right away. Well, at appliance discounters, they want to make your life easier, offering a full in-stock 40,000-square-foot warehouse. It's full of GE appliances. Hey, times are difficult enough. You don't want to wait two, three months for an appliance when you can get it in just a couple of days. Lowest price, GE rebates, great service, and in stock. It's only at Appliance Discounters. Shop any of their showrooms or online, theappliancediscounters.com. As always, our savings are your savings. And also, Marie Davila. Senior Living, located at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. You can take a virtual tour, mariedevilla.com. Beautiful campus in West County. Starting to think about retirement living, want your own villa, assisted living, all types of senior options, mariedevilla.com. The Kilcoin Conversation with the one and only Dave Parker. Tell me about the book and why you decided to write it. Well, I uh, have been known to be a controversial guy. And uh, I thought writing a book at this time could clear up some of that. So uh, that's why I decided to write about some of the relationships I had with uh, 
my uh, fellow teammates and uh, thought it would be a great time uh, to write it. A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. Tell me about that title. Well, I uh, established some major relationships in, in baseball while I played. And uh, every team I went to, uh, I either had a young player or some veteran players that I played with or against. And uh, I always established relationships. I, I was always the guy in the clubhouse that uh, talked about the other guys, kept everybody loose. And that's why I felt that it was important to write. I think your game would have fit in really well now because you had a presence about you. You had some flair. You had fun with it. And we're seeing more of that with baseball now. Some of the stodginess is sort of leaving the game. Do you watch the game now and feel like the way you played would be well appreciated currently? Yeah, I think I, I would have fit right in with this group. They celebrate the home run uh, a little too much, I think. But uh, – you know, I, I would have fit right in. And people don't realize you grew, you wanted to play Ohio State football, right? As a Cincinnati kid, was that your original dream? That was my dream. And uh, I had a plan. Uh, if anything happened to my wheels, uh, I would have diverted to my second sport, which was uh, baseball. So uh, I tore my knee up my senior year of uh, – football, and uh, I went on and took on my second sport. Uh, did it ever get to a point, did Woody Hayes visit or recruit? Did you ever get on their radar? I uh, met Woody once. It was at a Knights of Columbus banquet, and uh, uh, that was uh, the only chance I had to meet him before I broke up my knee. But you grew up in the shadows of Crosley Field, right? I mean, you were a Reds fan as a little kid. Yeah, I lived a block away from the Reds uh, Stadium. It was Crosley Field. And uh, I uh, spent a lot of my uh, spring there, my summer and spring, hustling baseballs. Frank Robinson gave me a glove one day out of the trunk of his car, and that sold me on baseball. How'd that happen? Were you in the parking lot? How'd that happen, that encounter? They had a, a clubhouse away from the stadium. It was like a little house that was behind the stadium. And uh, we used to hang around the parking lot. And Frank used to come in and his Thunderbird with the porthole windows. Him and Vader Pinson both had white ones with red and tear. And uh, we were hustling some gear to play uh baseball with because we didn't have like balls all the time so Frank gave us some balls and gave me a glove out of the car well, that's a great story I'd never heard that I've read a lot of stories about you I had not heard that one and then you come along yeah. with you come along with the Pirates and establish yourself in right field and a lot of people said man this is a continuation of what we saw with Roberto Clemente great player great arm great defense what did it mean to you to kind of step in after Roberto? Well, it meant a lot. It was flattering to have people say that about me. But uh, I was trying to establish myself as the first day Parker. So my concentration was on 
doing as much as I could to uh, become a star. Well, and you became a star. You win an MVP. Then the next year, you guys win the World Series. I can still hear that. We are a family blasting in my head. And I think Omar Moreno's <laughs> wife had a whistle or something. I can still picture all of it. What was that? Right. That was a hell of a team. Yeah, it was a great team. We had a little everything. You know, we had Matlock was the, the key uh, to us winning because we got him from San Francisco. And uh, he played lights out, played third base like he had been there his whole life. Uh, Phil Gardner was uh, instrumental. Tim Foley. Tim Foley was a guy that was hard-nosed, uh, one of the guys that you hate, hate him when you played against him. And when you played with him, you uh, end up loving him. And uh, Stardew anchoring the ball club. You know, he, he was instrumental. And I was sergeant of arms. I kind of kept players under control and governed themselves. And then you win a World Series 10 years later in Oakland with that famous team. Tell us about Tony La Russa and your bond maybe at that point because, you know, you'd been around the game for a long time. They had young players. They had veteran players. What was that like going to Oakland? It was great. It was like having an all-star team. Uh, we had players that had had success in other places. You know, Ricky, Ricky Henderson leading all. Connie Langsford hitting second. Conseco hitting third. I hit fourth. McGuire hit fifth. Dave Henderson hit sixth. Steinbach hit seventh. Phillips hit eighth. And uh, Weiss hit ninth. I mean, that's a, an all-star team. That was the best team I ever played with. And that was with LaRusa. Then you came to St. Louis. People may not remember this, but you were the hitting coach, right? In 98, the year of the 62 pursuit, ultimately 70. What, what do you remember about that summer in St. Louis? That was uh, one of the greatest exhibitions of hitting that I witnessed. You know, you had McGuire that would hit balls out of the stadium in downtown St. Louis. Sosa coming up doing the same thing and just watching them compress the baseball till it was flat. You know, them, them guys were, I mean, it was just something to see. And I'm glad I was a part of it. What'd you have to do as a hitting coach? You just get out of, when a guy's locked in like that, do you say much? Didn't have to say much. <clears throat> I would uh, take Mac and Mac would tell me, get the media out of the way. I would get the media out of the way. And I tried to get, get him to relax and tell him to enjoy this, you know, enjoy the moment because uh, he uh, put pressure on himself, you know, and I would tell him, you know, just take take the, the, the moment and enjoy it. And it was almost like two entirely different people, right? Sammy loved the media, ate it up, was always laughing. And Mark, I kind of picture still, and I've talked to him about it, his eyes just sort of staring and locked in. And he just had the, I think the intensity made him great, but I've always wondered too, if it took a little bit of the fun out of it because he was so intense. Well, he wasn't having fun with, with uh, the home run contest until I told him, you know, like you gotta have, I say, look at Sammy. 
Look at Sammy. He's laughing, giving people nookies, grabbing them, rubbing their hair. And I said, look, he's having fun. That's what you got to do. And he finally got got it in his head that he was going to have fun. And he was hitting balls. That was just amazing to see. Dave Parker's new book, Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. And I have read a lot about you, but I don't know if I figured out who called you Cobra? When did that start? It started with a Pittsburgh's trainer, Tony Bartolome. He was a big fight fan, and I was from Cincinnati. So he put Ezra Charles, uh, who was a great heavyweight champion, and tied Cincinnati to us both and called me Cobra, and he was a Cobra. So they had two Cincinnati Cobras in Cincinnati. Well, tell me about the book. You talk about your highs, your lows. You talk about the drug trials in Pittsburgh. And, and how is that something that for years you didn't want to talk about? And why now? Well, uh, I've never been a guy to shy away from something that I did. And I, I did it and uh, tried to make amends for it. And uh, I had to play the hand that was dealt because I dealt it. And uh, – so uh, dealing with uh, the drug trial was something that uh, I had to, to do, and it's a part of my past, and uh, it's all in the book. Yeah, and, and now I think people have a different understanding of drug use or drug addiction. Don't you think the world, like back then, there was a very big stigma with what went on, and I think Keith Hernandez has talked about it. Do you think the world views it differently now? Well, yeah. I, I, I think if they just analyze what, 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 what we were going through as athletes and, and players uh, was something that anybody could have got victimized by. It. You know, that, that was making money, that was young, and always around people that had it. You know, it was a situation that could have happened to anybody. I thought it was a fad. I thought it was going to be gone. And then I saw how it uh, did some people. You know, some people couldn't handle it. And uh, I saw some some guys go way left, rather. And uh, so it could have happened to anybody. And then you had a rebirth going to Cincinnati. And it was, was it Pete Rose who brought you in at that point? And you were a couple two-time All-Star playing for your hometown team. That had to feel good after all you'd been through. Yeah, it did feel good. Uh, Cincinnati, I probably had probably four of my best years. You know, productive offensively. I uh, went to some All-Star games, won the uh, – the home run hitting contest uh, was uh, the leader in RBIs and home runs a couple of years. So Cincinnati was uh, something that, that was great. Do you still talk to Pete? Are you guys friends? Yeah, we still, I see Pete. Pete called me on, on Christmas. You know, who would have thought? Pete Rose and Dave Parker. Well, you, you're quite the hitter yourself. I mean, look at those numbers. 
Uh, over 2,700 hits, over 300 home runs, nearly 1,500 RBIs, seven-time All-Star. I mean, that I would say you uh, should at least be in the Hall of Fame conversation. Does it bother you that it's not more of a conversation? Yeah, it does, because uh, I did everything that was required to be a Hall of Famer. You know, I uh, was uh, the most dominant player from 75 to 80. I uh, won two batting titles, two world championships, DH of the year back-to-back. Uh, have did it all. Golden Gloves, three. I, matter of fact, we should have sit down with, a, with a, a pad and pencil to write down all the things I did. And not to mention an all-star throw that I will never forget, 79 at the Kingdom, an absolute bullet. How vivid is that memory? And you tell me how many players over the years have had a better arm than Dave Parker? Well, Clemente had a gun. You know, I, I enjoyed watching him. And those throws were good throws. I, I uh, misjudged the ball that was in the decorations they had at Seattle. And uh, Joe Morgan and Pete Rose was uh, looking for the ball, and I couldn't find it either because the ceiling was in ribbon and red, white, and blue. And uh, the ball landed about 20 yards behind me. So I figured that Jim Rice would be on his way to third. So I threw a, a one-hop strike to third to uh, get Jimmy. And uh, Nettles hit a single and Downing had got on base. I think he had hit a double and Nettles hit a single. And uh, Downing was trying to score to go ahead and run. And I nailed him at home plate. And uh, Gary Carter made a great play. So it was uh, the first time they had awarded a, a MVP for defensive efforts. Uh, it's it's unbelievable those names you even mentioned there. Just loaded all-star teams. Hey, when you were really good in the 70s, the Cardinals weren't great here. But by the mid-80s, you're with the Reds, Whitey Herzog, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee. Tell me about some of those battles and, and what you remember of those teams. Whitey didn't like me. I hit a home run, and then I, I get jammed and hit a double down the left field line. He just couldn't figure out how to defense, defense me. And uh, I hit a, a ball to, to win a game. And he said, how can a, a big elephant hit a ball that soft? You know, but uh, I used to give him fits. They used to call me the Cardinal Killer. Well, Whitey, Whitey was probably frustrated. He had to respect your talent. Did you guys ever jaw with each other from the dugout? Yeah, we had a few words in each other. But that when was – when he came to the Angels, I was playing with the Angels. And uh, he came and took over the team. Uh, and it was about a little bit after halfway mark. And uh, I kind of knew that uh, things was going to be interesting. And what was it like when you saw him when he joined the Angels? I, I figured I wouldn't be around too long. So I uh, ended up getting released and called it a day. 
How about your relationship with the Pittsburgh fans? You're one of the best players ever. I know you, you didn't go to the parade after the World Series. I think you say in the book, right? Did you regret that now? Yeah, I, I uh, regretted it shortly after it was done because uh, I was having coffee and breakfast and uh, they were downtown dancing and celebrating the, the World Series. And it made me feel like maybe I should have went. And what, what's your relationship now? Do you go back? And I know because you were a superstar, but the fans weren't always good to you at that time. I go back and, you know, they, they treat me like royalty. Uh, I uh, can't buy a drink, can't pay for a meal, get the biggest ovation of uh, all the players. So uh, being in Pittsburgh is, is great now. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And tell folks they're going to buy this book, Cobra, A Life of Baseball and Brotherhood. What do you want them to take out of it? What, what should they look forward to if they go grab the book? Look for the, the relationships that will establish. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm pushing because uh, I was uh, a good guy. And I'm glad the people are beginning to identify to that. My teammates always have. And now to have the general public see me in a different light is uh, good. It, it happens in sports, doesn't it, that people kind of get stuck with a label and then, you're, and then you have it forever, right? And then you try to shake it. Well, yeah, you, you can get people to, to say things that stick with you for your whole career. But uh, I was always – the guy that was loud and uh, entertaining and played the game hard. So look for the relationships. Well, and, and just for laughs, I'm going to hang up here. I'm going to call Whitey Herzog, and I'm, all I'm going to say to him is, I'm going to say, I just talked to the Cardinal Killer. Take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is Whitey still around? Yep, he is. He still lives in St. Louis, still watches all the Cardinal games every night, still follows the game as – his brain is unbelievable. Still got a lot of baseball opinions. Well, good. Tell him I said hello. <laughs> I'm just going to say the Cardinal Killer and leave it at that. Dave, best of luck with the book, and thanks so much for sharing some time with us. Well, thank you. Well, I really enjoyed that visit with Dave Parker and talking about all things in the book, including the famous Pittsburgh drug trials. Reference that in our conversation. And it does seem to bother him about the Hall of Fame. And I, got, I know the metrics aren't real kind to him and the new analytics. But, boy, if you watch baseball from the mid-'70s to early-'90s, you knew the name Dave Parker. And you knew I mean, he was just a badass. It's, just, it's that simple. Uh, he's been battling some Parkinson's. And, uh, you know, if you watched any of our video clips, you can tell he's been battling with that. But I enjoyed the visit. Don't know the man at all. I remember him being the hitting coach when he was here in the summer of 98. Probably did a couple of interviews about McGuire that summer. Remember, subscribe to the Kilcoin Conversation, and you will get all of our visits delivered directly to you. They're always brought to you by Appliance Discounters. It's real simple. Theappliancediscounters.com, carrying all the great GE merchandise, washer, dryer, stove, whatever you're in the market for. Get it quick. They've got the 40,000-foot square Square foot, 1,000 square foot warehouse. That means they've got all the merchandise 
you need. Appliance discounters. Also, Marie Davila Senior Living, mariedevilla.com is where you can find all of the information. Also, take a virtual tour. And Triad Bank, located in Frontenac. You can find them on the web, triadbanking.com, St. Louis-based bank. I'm Martin Kilcoyne. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon.